Did I tell you about the old man? I told you about the old man. No. With the dog? At work? I don't remember. If you told me, I don't oh remember. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <coughs> this is what I wanted to tell you. Okay. So, we get two 15s and a 30 minute lunch. Mm-hmm. And this older gentleman um, comes out of the office around 2 p.m. and walks his dog, Annie, around the little courtyard that's between the two buildings. Yeah. And she's the sweetest dog. She looked just like my dog that I had. You remember Buddha? Say, oh, Buddha? Yeah. She looks just like he did, except her head's a little less blocky. Less of a meat head. Yeah. And, um, but she has, like, gray in all the same places. Aww. It's so cute. And I was talking to him. I was, I was telling him that he, that she looks so much like my dog. And so he's, and after we finished talking, he said, have a nice weekend. And we said, you too. And then he said, as he was walking away, be careful, they're everywhere. Hey, I'm Rachel. And I'm Grace. Welcome to our podcast. Myths and Misfortunes. We're a paranormal and true crime podcast. And each week we pick somewhere in the world and base our stories on that place. And or some surrounding areas. Alright, so tell me all about Lithuania. Alright, so for this episode we did Lithuania. We didn't do a perspific. (laughs) we didn't do a specific city because we couldn't both find one in the same city so we just decided to do the country (laughs) why not just a couple of quick facts about lithuania the capital city is vilnius around 86 percent of the country is roman catholic and lithuanian is the country's main language the lithuanian coat of arms known as the vitis depicts a mounted soldier with raised with a raised sword on a red flag. It dates back to the Grand Duchy of Lithuania in the 13th century, which makes it one of Europe's oldest emblems. Oh, wait, hold on. Grand Duchy? Yeah, it's a, um, it was a European state that lasted from the 13th century to 1795. Oh, gotcha. This is before a lot of stuff happened, obviously. So the first known use of the name Lithuania dates back to 1009 AD, but the first known habitation of Lithuania dates back to the final ice age in 10,000 BC. Oh, jeez. Yes. People throughout the centuries have traded amber with Romans, fought Vikings, and even had a centuries-long conflict with the Teutonic Knights. Wait. What are Teutonic Knights? The Teutonic... It's a Catholic religious order founded as a military order in 1192. To be fair, 
There's a lot of Catholic knights. <laughs> well, like, they were originally formed to aid Christians on their pilgrimages to the Holy Land and to establish hospitals and stuff, but... Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. It was... They were, you know, the type of people who were trying to get people to be... Have the same religion as them. Okay. Except they did it in a fighty way sometimes. So violent missionaries. <sighs> Pretty much sounds like it. Yeah, okay. So Moscow rapidly gained power and conquered lands, and Lithuania and Poland formed a commonwealth in ni- 1569. So weird to say. <laughs> Not 1969? Yeah. <laughs> Initially, it was successful in deterring enemies. However, the political union led to gradual polonization of the Lithuanian nobility, as um, Lithuanians thought that the Polish culture was superior. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the late 18th century, the country was completely partitioned and annexed by Prussia, Austria, and Russia, with the main Lithuanian lands falling under Russian rule. All right. Yeah. Russians banned Lithuanian language and suppressed Catholic religion, There were two unsuccessful revolts to restore Poland-Lithuania, but eventually it was just Lithuania that was restored, instead of Lithuania-Poland. The restoration only became possible after both the crumbling Russian Empire and the Germans surrendering in World War I. In the Second World War, Lithuania was occupied once by Nazi Germany and twice by the Soviet Union, with both powers perpetrating genocides. The Soviet occupation lasted 45 years and only ended in 1990. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I knew that. Yeah. Why am I acting surprised about it's, that? It just, it's still so recent. Mm-hmm. It's weird. In this time, hundreds of thousands of people were murdered, tortured, or expelled to Siberia in cattle carriages. On March 11th, 1990, Lithuania became the first Soviet-controlled country to restore independence And despite Soviet aggression in 1991 that left about 20 people dead, the independence wasn't reversed. In fact, it led to the total collapse of the Soviet Union in late 1991. In the 1990s, Lithuania readopted a capitalist economy and saw a massive economic growth. Independence brought many personal freedoms. There was an era of massive new churches, telenovelas, and anime on TV. Telenovelas. Telenovelas and anime. anime. That's the biggest (laughs) freedoms you could have. Um, Not to mention hip hop. Uh, (laughs) Telenovelas, anime, and hip hop. Yep. Gotcha. Mass import of non-use Soviet cars, and there was the first travels to the West. Criminal news, which was hidden from the public in the Soviet Union, was now on the front page of newspapers. It was easier for new ideas to gain acceptance than ever before. Everybody who lived in Lithuania by the time it restored independence was allowed to get Lithuanian citizenship regardless of his or her ethnicity or language. Mm -hmm. The Soviet years of occupation left the economy decades behind that of the West. Disillusioned by unfulfilled hopes of getting rich, many Lithuanians emigrated, which reached um, epic proportions after Lithuania joined the European Union in 2004. The country lost up to 20% of its people due to newly accessible labor markets in the West. While they still struggle, there are many religious sites, museums, parks, castles, and sports for people to enjoy. So if you're curious about anything Lithuania has to offer, I'd go to the website truelithuania.com 
which was my main source for all of this. Literally, my only source for all of this. As I was just thinking, did you cite your sources? I did not. I figured I'd do it at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, trueluthuania.com. It has everything that I just said, plus a bunch more. It's even got... Um, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's got links for, like, tourist attractions. Oh, okay. The, all those different castles, the parks, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's got literally any history you could want to know. If you want to know. If you don't, it's fun. So that was history. <laughs> well, that was history. Yes. That was... A thing that I did. <laughs> that was the thing that you did. And I don't know why I was surprised about that one part when I already knew it. With the... the yeah. I didn't know it. Alrighty. So, I did the true crime today. And my story is the... <laughs> And when I preface this by saying, I looked up how to say some of these names, couldn't find a thing. Yes. So I'm going to butcher these. Um, pretty much same with mine. I, I looked up a lot of them. Some of them should be correct, but a lot of them were not easy to find. Yeah. Like, at one point, I looked it up and it existed. We just looked it up again because she was trying to figure out how to pronounce it. And when we looked it up, he did not exist. There was nothing. We thought, I thought, really thought it was like the Mandela effect. I thought, I was like, this is so cool. I can't wait. People are going to look this up. They're going to think we made it up. It's going to be so cool. Guys, it's creepy. If you see it, you know it. If you don't, okay, I'm going to (laughs) stop. Okay. So, my story is the the Druxai shooting. Okay. Or, since you found the little thing that said how it's supposed to be pronounced, the C with the yeah. accent, the Chai shooting. Yes. I don't think either of those are right. I looked it up. That's how you do the C. I know, but I don't oh. think that's the way it's you supposed know, you to be You just don't think you said it right? I don't think I did. No. Okay. So, my sources are Wikipedia. Wiki fandom and Murderpedia. Good old Murderpedia. Gotta love the Murderpedia. So there's really no beating around the bush on this. I have really no background information on this guy. I couldn't find anything on him. It didn't start and end until this one day in February. <laughs> so he didn't exist. We Pretty couldn't much. find him. He disappeared on the internet and then suddenly reappeared. Yeah. Pretty much. So, on February 15th, 1998, at 4 p.m. exactly, 54-year-old Leonardas Zavastanochius. Nope. <laughs> I told you I can't That's... pronounce the name. So we're just going to call him Leonardas. Uh, 58-year-old Leonardas armed himself with a Russian hunting rifle, IZH-12. I think that's the specific brand. We're not gun people. No. (laughs) It's Kentucky, but yeah. Yeah. And a Czech carbine, uh, ZKK-601, with a telescopic sight. Both of these were held legally by him with a permit, that had been renewed less than a year ago. Fun. Very, when was this? Uh, 1998. 
Okay. So, he first went, he first went to the most distant farm from his house. Because, you know, logical thing. Go as far away from your house as possible. Okay. And he shot the owner, Jonas Barakas. Again, I cannot tell you if I said that right or not. (laughs) Who was asleep in his bed. He then proceeded to shoot Jonas's partner, Marty Rutk. (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) Rutkowski, who was at the time making broom stalls. She was just doing her job, and this guy just shoots her. Huh. Just what an asshole. After brutally murdering the... Murdering. (laughs) Murdering. Okay. After brutally murdering these two, he then went to their neighbor's house, Leona Garbataviscus. Okay. Leona Bart... Bartaviscus. Garbataviscus. Garbataviscus. Who he shot dead at the front door of his house. Fuck. So he, was, he literally just went to the furthest house away and was trying to work his way back? Back. Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, that's the exact pattern he took. So he shot this Leona person, then went to the farm right next door to Leona and shot the mother of the person who owned the farm and the sister who had only been visiting the family over the weekend. She later died in surgery while trying to recover. The mother also died later that night in the hospital. So, they both died. Uh, (laughs) Leonardus then moved on to the home that was closest to his own. And Vanda Rudolin... Rudolin? (laughs) Rudolin? Okay. We're just gonna go first names. I can pronounce the first names here. He then moved on to the home that was closest to his own and killed a mother, Vanda, and her daughter, Dahlia, who was the senior lieutenant with the Ministry of National Defense. This jackass also killed their dog, who was just trying to protect them. Oh, not the dog. I mean, not the people, but the dog. (laughs) Exactly. That was kind of my thought, too. He killed a dog. This guy, he... There is something seriously wrong with him. He then pulled a mattress from his house and hauled it outside so that he didn't have to lie on the cold ground while he laid in wait in order to ambush the son of the peop- the the last two victims yeah his son-in-law and his two grandsons oh jeez yeah they were out gathering firewood in the forest by their homes so obviously they weren't there when everything happened they had heard the shots but they really didn't feel the need to investigate because they thought it was hunters because hunters right. are frequently in the forest and shooting things because that's what hunters do. <clears throat> when they came out of the woods, Leonardus shot the husband of the lieutenant lady Right. in the chest. Luckily, the bullet only grazed him. Oh. It unfortunately ripped out a piece of his flesh, Shit. but it didn't cause any more serious internal injuries or damages. He then shot at one of the sons, whose name was Vilius, who had ran to go and help his father. Oh. While the gunman was approaching the guy who just got shot, Mm -hmm. because I can't pronounce these names, this is a really hard story for me. (laughs) Okay. While Leonardus was approaching the guy who just got shot, 
His other son attacked him, ripped the gun away from him, and started beating him. Oh, damn. Until he collapsed to the ground. So, since no one in the village had phones, the guy who had been shot drove himself and his other son, who did get shot, to the nearest hospital. However, his one son that got shot, he died en route. He, however, did not die in vain. Once they arrived at the hospital, the authorities were notified and police and ambulances were sent to the village. Leonardus was taken into custody and died in the hospital around 10 p.m. due to a fracture in the base of his skull. Ooh. Good kicking, man. Good kicking. <laughs> Good kicking. Good kicking. Yet your brother did not die in vain. So, in total, nine victims and the poor puppy died Aww. and only one person survived. The Lithuanian government took this very seriously. They were afraid that this little shooting spree in the town Mm -hmm. was politically motivated and might provoke further violence. Oh, because of the lieutenant? No, not because of the lieutenant. They thought this because it had occurred on the eve of the 80th anniversary of the Act of Independence of Lithuania. Ah! Leonardus was a member of the Polish minority in Lithuania. Gotcha. Which kind of ties in with your history. Yeah. And so the Polish minorities had strained relationships with the Lithuanian government and all that. Because of this, the prime minister assembled a special commission in order to investigate the circumstances of the crime. And the lieutenant president failed to convince the media to delay the news until the Polish president departed the celebrations in Vilnius. Huh? Basically, they didn't... In where? Vilnius. Vilnius. Vilnius? Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm Vilnius. Yeah, Vilnius. The capital. Oh, okay. Basically, they were afraid that if if the news broke, then some harm would come to the Polish president. Oh, okay. Because he was a Polish minority. Gotcha. The Minister of the Interior was sent to deliver government condolences in person to each of the families. The government also paid for the funerals of the victims. In fact, the funerals of that that lieutenant millinery millinery <laughs> millinery in fact the the funeral for that military woman mm-hmm. was attended by several dignitaries including the minister of national defense i don't know why but i felt like you were gonna say the minister of magic <laughs> everything comes back to harry potter everything comes back everything to The results of the investigation that they had on the entire shooting spree was that it was caused by a mental illness, chronic delusion similar to schizophrenia, and that it was not part of a political agenda. Leonardus had actually held a gun since 1975, and his permits were periodically renewed, Mm. as they should be. So everything here was legal. Mm -hmm. He owned his guns legally. Well, everything except the murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everything except for the murder, which was a horrible, horrible thing to happen. So, actually, because they were renewed periodically, as part of the renewal process, he had to pass an examination by a psychiatrist. What? Yeah. None of the psychiatrists who examined him noticed anything suspicious, and this, in fact, caused a lot of controversy. 
Hmm. During the investigation, it was uncovered that in 1985, Leonardus had been referred to and examined by the Vilnius Psychiatric Hospital. <laughs> so, he had also... Oh, look. Okay, I should have read this part first. Leonardus was married three times, and the third wife had just separated from him ten months before the shooting. Ah. And described his morbid jealousy and persecutory delusions. Even though all of his neighbors saw him as an intelligent and helpful man, this clearly came back to bite them. Relatives had begun noticing various symptoms since 1978, which might have been related to a car crash in 1976. Did he get hit on the head? I'm assuming so. So, in light of these findings, the prosecutor's office explored a possibility of charging negligence to the seven doctors who had signed off on Leonardus's gun permit. However, it was determined that the doctors were not negligent. Without a centralized database, they could not have known that Leonardus was treated at a psychiatric hospital. Mm -hmm. So his public symptoms were masked and controlled well enough in order to pass the brief examination without suspicion. Man. And that is my story, short and sweet, even though I struggled to get through it, of the Drukchai shooting. So if they had just been able to access his actual records, then they would have seen that he had had previous... Previous issues, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So mine is literally just about the city of Vilnius, which is the capital city, Mm -hmm. like I said, in history. It's literally called the City of Ghosts. Ooh. Are you going to tell me why? I mean... I hope so. Okay. So the city of Vilnius has a very tumultuous past, as do most, as does most of the country, and because of a, a big goop, bop, 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 backtrack. The city of Vilnius has had a very tumultuous past, as does most of the country, and because of its history, a lot of people say that it's haunted too. All right, there's a legend. I'm just gonna go into a, just a different. A couple of different things about Mm -hmm. this city that are like little stories about different things because I couldn't find one that was long enough to just keep it as a whole story. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, mine was short too, so. Yeah. So there's a legend that surrounds the founding of Vilnius in 1323. Legend has it that the Grand Duke Gediminas was on a hunting trip in the holy woods of the Valley of Svinter... Sventaragus. You're doing better than I did, so... Well, they're easier than yours. Yeah. Tired after a successful day of hunting, the Grand Duke settled for the night near a hill at the convergence of the Neris and Vilnia rivers. He fell asleep and had a dream. A huge iron wolf was standing on top of the hill, and the sound of the hundreds of other wolves inside it filled all the surrounding fields and woods. After the hunting trip, Gediminas went back to Trakai, which was the capital of Lithuania at the time, and consulted a pagan priest, Lizdieka, to reveal the secrets behind the dream. Real quick fun fact about Lithuania, they were one of the last countries to abandon paganism. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Also, sorry, the wolves are totally Trojan horsing it. (laughs) <laughs> no yes yes As you said wolves and a giant yeah. metal wolf yeah totally trojan horsing it trojan horsing but when was the trojan uh sparta i said Athens. when 
<laughs> I know. Sparta and Athens. That gives me nothing. Anyway. <laughs> and the priest told him what is destined for the ruler in the state of Lithuania, let it be. The Iron Wolf means a formidable castle in town which will be established by the ruler on this site. The city will stand as long as iron. As long. Wow. As strong? Yeah. Yeah. The city will stand as strong as iron and its walls will protect the land from its enemies. The massive sound dwelled inside the Iron Wolf, symbolizing the fame of the city, shall be shall echo beyond their borders and proclaim throughout the centuries the glory of Lithuania. Gediminas heeded the priest's words and summoned artisans and craftsmen around the country and Europe to design and construct his new strong and beautiful kingdom, which would surround this hill where he had the dream of the Iron Wolf. Upon the completion, Gediminas moved his home, signaling the establishment of a new capital for Lithuania. Vilnius. Vilnius. Yes. Look at it. Right. So, like I said, the city's haunted. Uh, there's a ghost tour guide. Let me real quick, by the way, say my sources, sources because I forgot. Yeah. I, that's twice I've forgotten. I normally never forget. So, I got my stuff from... TripAdvisor.com, little things that people who have visited there have said. Said, yeah. Um, CityPaper.lv, Vilnius with Conus by Howard Jarvis and Neil Taylor. It's a book. And Vilnews.com. Vilnews, that's clever. Yes. All right. Okay. There's a tour ghost. A ghost. It's because it's hot. We're getting tongue-tied. Yeah. There's a ghost tour guide, R. Alex Sate, that gave an interview for City Paper in Lithuania, who says that Vilnius has some really great ghost stories about ghosts. Obviously. Obviously. Ghost stories. <sighs> I'll leave it. Fuck it. Just <laughs> Some of them are contemporary, and parts of the stories date back to Napoleon's descent, Russia's occupation of Vilnius, and even the pre-dawn times of the Lithuanian statehood. Her ghost tour travels between the Cathedral Belfry to the Kosciuszko police station, built in the 19th century, that's apparently well known for its poltergeist called Bildukas. Bildukas? Bildukas. Oh, Bildukas. Yes. Police officers who work there and even people who have been booked into custody there talk about unexplained noises, including loud footsteps, followed by horse coughing. Alexate says that these things have been... Horse coughing? Horse coughing. Not like... <laughs> horse, like... <laughs> like coughing. Because I'm sitting here thinking, horses don't cough. Oh my god. I'm sure they do. The, okay, true. My goat... Well, they do this weird sneeze. <laughs> yeah, okay, cut that. Alexate says that these things. Alexate says that these things have been heard for, there for a really long time. One place in the tour includes the Vilnius Bastion, which is part of the city said to be infamous for sex work in taverns, and witches were said to gather there for demonic orgies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you, they were real pagan. That they were real pagan, yeah. Another stop on the tour is the Gates of Sebatius, which was the home to the Vilnius Executioner, 
who used to stand adjacent to the bastion. People who tended to live there said that they knew who the executioner was because their dogs would bark at him, mask on or off. Creepy. Some other places included the Lower Castle, Eustoshi, Wallowitz Palace. Wallowitz. Yes. <laughs> Peleus Street and a pagan god shrine. Oh, wait, like an actual pagan god shrine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so this one isn't really spooky, but it's super cool. Um, since, like I said, Lithuania was about the last country to abandon paganism, there's an altar that was uncovered by archaeologists that you can visit in Vilnius between St. Michael's Orthodox Church and a market at the end of Peleus Street that's dedicated to the Baltic pagan god Ragutis. Or Ragutis? Ragutis. Ragu! <laughs> The god of ragu. (laughs) He was the god of beer. That is not what ragu is, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) The stone looks like, um, the the altar, it's a stone that looks like a small boulder, but it has a circular hole carved out of the top of it that's full of holy water, and there's a ceremonial candle next to the altar that's always lit. I wanted to find a lot more on it, but most of the information was in a language I could not understand and Google Translate was not my friend. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly felt a little bit betrayed. Um, I did find, however, that there are a few beers that are named after him. Including Ragutis Walter by Volfas Engelman and Ragutis Cervenos and there's even an American IPA named Ragutis that's brewed in Salem, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another place is Bar- <laughs> Fuck. Barbados. Barbacanas. Oh. Barbacanas. <laughs> it's an ancient defense wall not too far away from the police station. Uh, it's close to Gediminas Hill. It's known for its bloody spring. Bloody spring. Bloody spring. It's referred to as such because of the water's reddish color, which scientists say... Uh, what? Is it rust? So I can just say um, that it's a lot of iron in the soil under the spring, but one legend says that the 15th century crusaders surrounded and and slaughtered a garrison of Lithuanian men there, and that the soil became soaked with the blood of the fallen defenders so much that it continues to ooze from the depths. That sounds (laughs) disgusting. I think it's pretty cool. (laughs) Disgusting. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I did think it was super gross that your um, story in the fifth episode with the... Oh, right, 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 with the body. body. <laughs> um, there is another legend surrounding the spring, though. Apparently, it says that there was a beautiful girl who was a pampered daughter of a well-to-do Lithuanian merchant who was in love with herself, her hound, and her rooster. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is Rachel. Did- <laughs> okay, hold on. Repeat that sentence again. Okay. Uh, she was in love with herself. She was her in hound. love with herself, her hound, and her rooster. How's your rooster, by the way, Rachel? I have no idea which one is the rooster anymore. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll find out eventually. Yeah, we'll find out in a couple months. One day, the father was gone, and a beggar stopped by their mansion and asked the girl for a slice of bread. But she sent her dog after him to chase him away. As he was running away, he supposedly cursed the girl, saying, Fall through with all you have. 
which that's not really a great curse. No, really not. A few centuries later, a young student was walking near Barbicanas when he heard a rooster crowing and a dog barking nearby. After finding an opening in the defenses, he stumbled on a ghost of a beautiful but sad girl. The legend says that she still haunts lonely, handsome men, which I'm sure that student was happy to hear, (laughs) and some people think she's trying to find some sort of salvation from the curse. Which, if you're trying to find some salvation from a curse, I wouldn't go after the attractive people. I'd probably try to, like, help the, like, beggars. Yeah. But all she cares about is her hound and her rooster, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. There is this place, this river, the River Neris. There's a legend saying that the priestess is... Oh, this one's rough. (laughs) It's... Usparim is apparently her name. Okay. She fell in love with a manly knight and sinned with him. A manly knight? A manly knight. Manly knight. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I'm pretty sure back then they were almost all knights or men. Probably. Yeah. And sinned with him before throwing herself off the bank of the river Neris. They say if the weather is great... I know. Uh, <laughs> so it was so bad she had to kill herself. No, she was a she was a priestess. Uh-huh. They they couldn't do that. So she liked this guy so much she went to pound town and then was like, "Fuck, can't do that. Got to kill myself." Oh, geez. So they say if the weather's great, like glowing moonshine, no one around, the priestess is <laughs> okay. Look. This is what it said. So this is what I wrote. It says, the priestess's whining can still be heard above the waters, and once in a while, the priestess and her lover, the knight, appeared at night to walk under the moonlit sky. I feel like it should be wailing, not whining. Probably, but they said whining, so I was like, um... (laughs) Wailing. Whining. Let's hope it's wailing. Yeah. I I hope it's wailing. Otherwise, you're just gonna get a whole lot of, oh, I shouldn't have done that with him. Right? Like, just, I don't know. Shit. One more place uh, that's said to be haunted is... Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Nevazinin... Ooh. Hmm. All right. You hit one. Nevazininkai. Nevazininkai? Nevazininkai Chapel in the Penavezes region. I'm so sorry (laughs) if that's wrong. Is also said to be haunted by supernatural beings. One person who visited the chapel said that he got goosebumps when a gust of wind suddenly breezed by him and there were shadows everywhere and gut-wrenching coughing. Like what I've been doing all day. Oh yeah, I guess so. He said that he ran to the car but he couldn't get it started and apparently that's all I got. Oh. (laughs) Those are just all the things that I could find. Literally, that's it. He ran to his car and it couldn't stop. He couldn't get it started. Yeah, so I guess he just stayed there forever. And it's probably dead. Okay. From yeah. someone coughing on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. I like that. I like the uh, whole... Basically, I just took you on that tour. Yes. Thank you so much for that ghost tour. I really enjoyed that ghost tour. It's kind of like the um, the ghost tour I took you on for the first episode. Let me see if I can find... If you are in Lithuania, or if you are near Lithuania, or going to Lithuania, the... Ghost tour is Raza Alexite, and let me see. I'm trying to find her. 
Vilnius Guided Ghost Tour. They have a couple. So if you're there, look them up on TripAdvisor. Some of them are only $13 to $17. Oh, that's really good, actually. Yeah. So, uh, have fun. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. So, what now? You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Myths and Misfortunes or Twitter at Myths Misfortune. Or you can just search for us using our full name, Myths and Misfortunes. We pop up. But you can also send us an email to mythsandmisfortunes at gmail.com. We would like it if people could send us some fun, interesting, or spooky, or creepy stories. Oh, that would be great. Please do that. Did you say please don't do that? (laughs) I said please do that. I was like, I just said we wanted them to. Why would you say not to? Anyway, our music was composed by McKenna Fulbright and our art was created by Heather Marie Atkins. Their websites can be found in the description below. Yes, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We're now on Spotify, iTunes, and we're waiting for another couple of places. We're also on CastBox if you want to go on there. All right. right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye-bye.